0: Okay. We are live. This is a special episode. We're doing sales series this year. I told you we were doing this. This is number 14 coming off last year, but Laura has been on before and it was one of my favorite shows. So Laura Triano from Mush is back. Hi. I'm back. I love that.
1: Uh, thank you for having ti- me
0: of course give us your title at mush
1: um i am the senior vice president of sales here at mush
0: senior vice president of sales it gets the whole thing on the card it's all on there okay uh but you lead the sales and yeah. so we're going to stay super sales focused for all of our cpg friends specifically those in sales maybe there's buyers out there who like this topic and everything else it all makes sense Give us the framework for last year, sales-specific for Mush. What were some of the sales objectives?
1: Sure. Well, we've, we've come a long way. And I don't know. Am I getting the background? Is that my AirPods? You sound fantastic. Um, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> you never know with these things. I, I feel like as I get older, I'm becoming like less and less tech sensitive. savvy. You're sensitive. So we've come a long way. This time last year, the sales team was just me. Um, and so we've really, the objective last year was let's continue to sort of test, iterate scale. And last year that meant focusing on traditional grocery and natural grocery more specifically, and then starting to test the waters in mass, really trying to walk before we run, but sort of get ready to sprint once, (laughs) once we're ready, um, but yeah, we, we uh, doubled our business last year and really started to establish um, our footprint in regional conventional grocery, national accounts like Target and Whole Foods, and then continue to push in the independent and small chain side of natural Before we
0: move into growing the sales organization and speaking specifically, maybe there's somebody who understands that, like, yeah, it's just me on sales, or it's just me and one associate who are operating sales. Were you the one that was procuring all of the buyer meetings? And if so, how are you going about that? and How are you establishing which ones to do first and why?
1: Sure, so we have an amazing relationship with a broker, aligned sales and marketing, and so um, they were they've always been super instrumental in helping us secure those meetings. And in terms of where we wanted to go, um, ready to eat overnight oats didn't exist, <laughs> not a category that we could go look at IRI and Nielsen and Spin's data on. So what we tried to do was find like what's the closest benchmark in terms of velocity? and that was really plant-based yogurt. And that's sort of an emerging category as well. So we looked at a couple of things: which retailers are um, have the greatest share of plant based yogurt, which retailers have been adding the most SKUs in plant based yogurt, and which retailers are the most productive in terms of you know velocity. And we tried to use that as a proxy of where might we over index and perform well out of the gate. And so that led to us selecting you know not all. Not all retailers to go after, but you know a few key ones that have been you know amazing to partner with to help establish the brand and establish the category. Because people, again, it's it's an odd thing at first to think about cold oatmeal.
0: <laughs> I I think that often could not often. I think it could be a benefit, right? Uh, if there's no data, because a lot of times, especially if you're smaller. You are saying, and I've had people come to me, we don't have any data. We have nothing to share. Oh, that's okay. That sometimes is an advantage, right? That's almost your foot through the door because they have nothing to look at. So you just, you sell them that your customer is there. This is why we'd be a great partner. Look at our digital marketing. This is how we'll support you. Um, in your case, there's no category. Um, so, but now on the flip side, there's no category. So you're saying, hey, can I get some of that space, yogurt, right? Remember, it's like refrigerated bars. I go back to like perfect bar. They, they, they yeah. created that category, um, but they had to ask for some of the space from something yeah. else. So let's maybe talk, how did you go about that originally? Like what were those key pieces that provided that sort of first opportunity?
1: we tried to get pretty scrappy with the data to start and really spoke to our online audience so social media followers but also our d2c customer base to try to understand why did they even why do they like this product what's important to them about this product what is it replacing for them and when do they eat it and a few key themes came up which was breakfast which of course you could have guessed but it's nice to have the data the data point behind it it was replacing people's Bowl of cereal, their bowl of granola, what have you, um, and they liked it because it tasted good. It's clean ingredients, no added sugar, all these wonderful. You know, it's nutrient dense, and so we used sort of that scrappy um, approach to build the story, which was, hey, there isn't a space for this product. But, what we know is that people are eating this for breakfast, and a snacks very similar to yogurt. We kind of look like a yogurt or a you know, a five ounce round little cup. But we're not replacing yogurt for people. So this is an opportunity to bring, you know, incremental value to the category, which is, you know, is so important, especially as these retailers are lapping huge years given the pandemic, given you know people's behavior shifting. So that was sort of the first, Approach, And then as we've been able to scale and reinvest into the business, we've been able to get more performance data and um, even greater panel based data to help solidify these stories at another click in.
0: Great comment. Um, we call it cannibalization, right? A lot of people can, can, can take this as, as something they should be talking on if they can. Sometimes they can't. There's like products and, and or brands that really, that's what they do is they cannibalize. And you will, you just have to stick with that. But there are, there are products and or brands that are offering incremental revenue to the partnership. It's we don't want to take what you said, uh, Chobani's Chobani's. I don't know why I said I had like an accent. That was weird.
1: Um, I like it. Did I get
0: weird on that? Okay. Uh, You know, business, right? Um, You you know, who knows when what they're going to get into next. But like, we, the customer, is going to potentially buy both. That's item one. Item two, we have customers that are different. They're coming in to buy our product here's how we may know that or at least take a look at what we're doing digitally look at the social experience we have we have customers that are walking your store um, and they're coming to buy us because of that they will be continuing to shop right add to the cart add to the cart maybe some i1 organics shout out Um, uh, anyway that was weird definitely yeah. some I- <laughs> one there. so i there's a lot to be said about that um i want it i'm gonna kind of flip it because there's a lot of cool stuff there branding stuff right um i've i i don't like i mentioned to you offline i don't follow a lot of brands just it's just my thing i don't have i just kind of keep it tunneled um but sure, i but sure. i follow mush mush is it i have three in my uh refrigerator i don't eat a a a lot of that type of thing, but I, that's another topic, but I eat it. Um, uh, it depends when it is mornings. If I need a little bit of complex carbs, couple, couple of three or four grams of sugar. Um, I know it, my body, I can feel my body needs it. I have a half of, of a mush shout out mush. Um, try it. It's delicious by the way. Uh, and so (laughs) Um, I just came off an epic workout I'm like really high right now so
1: I um, love it I love it so, I'm taking some of that energy so, over here
0: so um, there's been this cool what I've been it's transition as far as branding um, social experience either you guys are doing some really unique things that I, I really call pure brand plays and I love it so whoever's behind that shout out to you guys on your team um, talk to me about how that helps you as a a of head of sales or anybody in the sales department, when you're coming in to talk to a buyer, do you talk on these things, and what do they mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean the the marketing component's a really important component because yes, we want to get placement on shelf, but we also want the product to turn, and you know that's that takes great partnership with with marketing. You know, sales and marketing really work hand in hand. So it's important for us to bring to the conversation, what are the key things that we're doing to drive more households? Because we know that this household's valuable. It's valuable to us. It's also valuable to you as a retailer because they're over-indexing in, in these things. They're buying, spending more in the category and bringing this incremental purchase, this and that. And we want to get more of them, right? And so how do we do that? And so it's talking about what we're doing to build community and social, talking about what we're doing to sample even if it is in really scrappy ways, shout out. We got a whole team down at Wadapalooza this week um, sampling to the CrossFitters down in Miami, Uh, such an amazing community Um, and really doing what we can from a retail marketing perspective to to target that audience and um, do things that are super complementary to what we do from a traditional promotion standpoint. So yeah, those, those components are, are extremely impactful and instrumental in, in Um, productive dialogues with the buyer because they want to know okay I'm going to take a chance on you guys you making this cold oatmeal (laughs) how are you going to get it to turn Um, so so yeah it's a it's a super strategic part of part of the partnership Uh,
0: there if you guys rewind that there's that one minute there there everything when I'm listening to to Laura uh, all I can hear is value value The partnerships, I I try to use that word every time when talking about um, an opportunity, sitting with the buyers, um, who are you going after, why, does the customer live there and all that, that, that's all wrapped into the bow. The partnership has to have tremendous value or as much of it as possible from both sides. And if you can listen to that again, you may not be able to frame it the same way because they have a little bit of a different story, but you need to have your story. And there needs to be value there. There needs to be value in the partnership and striving to have that uh, because there's a million of us. It's just, it really is, it's, it's true. Um, and so make sure you've dialed that in. Um, okay, I wanna go back to the, to the broker relationship you have because a lot of people don't know that. They, we talk about brokers often. I don't know, I don't like brokers. They charge me if there, and, and there's truth to all of it, right? Uh, I don't mind saying this. There are some really solid brokers and there are some that are not. It is what it is. Um, and so you've got to be careful with who you are, again, partnering with. It's another partnership. Will you walk us through your partnership there and what they do and define that a little bit for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, brokers come up so much in, in conversation and and you, you said it well, that yes, there's, there's great ones and there's ones that are not so great. And that's, that's to be true about everything. There's great brands and not so great brands. There's, you know, great uh, doctors and not so great doctors. And I think, um, the word partnership is so important because it's not just about you and the retailer, it's you and all of the great folks that are helping you along the way, whether those be co manufacturers, ingredient suppliers, brokers, and you're going to get out what you put into it. And so I think that the more everybody can realize that the outcome of your partnership is just as much up to you as it is the broker the better and more um, productive you'll be. And so, um, you know, for for us, it's about nurturing those relationships, finding out how we can support them, finding out what's important to them, what they're up against. I mean, it's it's not an easy job. I mean, representing anywhere from 10 to 130 brands is not an easy job. And so we have to have empathy in those conversations and in those relationships. And of course, you'd need to have performance and that's where goal setting and getting aligned on what you're trying to accomplish comes in and, and accountability on both ends. But at the same time, I think just really honing in on the fact that their, um, you know, their performance is just as much up to you as it is them. And, and it's really important that you uh, get behind them and set them up for success.
0: I love all that. Uh, for context, uh, we we use some regional... Um, players I don't mind we use uh, yin yang for for, for helping some regions we don't sure, we're not capitalized um, well enough to do some big brokerages I talk openly about that um, and so we still hit the you know we still are the ones involved right Aaron and myself I I, I don't shy away I want to be there I want to be in this and our call yeah. we had sort of the call with everybody and um, they appreciated be- what I said which is put me in coach I was like I said, I work for you, right? And I don't think they hear that much. I, in 2022, I want to go all in. I want to be in the meetings. I, I, I want to be involved. I, I, you lead, you guys, it's yours, right? But put me in coach. A- and I, I think that the sentiment is understood. I love, I, I have so much passion for this thing. And sure, I can tell the story the best, but they can do it. It's, it's theirs, but but let, let it be known that I am in this with them, and for anything that they need, call me, email me, put me. In, you want me on that Zoom? I'm ready. And a lot of it, it's. Uh, I don't know what founders take from that or whatever it may be. It's important. Um, and then of course, lead sales, the head of sales, VP of sales. Um, they've got to be working with all the partnerships in that same way if you're not in it right why would they be in it if you're not 100% uh, well how are they going to get that how are they going to how are they going to get to that level right of excitement right. For The reasons you said which is they've got like 40 brands um, yeah so i like a lot of that um Let's close this up in, in framing how we can help other sales execs for what may be sort of in their way this year, obstacles that are a little bit different. Maybe describe a few and how you are going to attack them. What are the strategies behind that?
1: Yeah, I think we're up against a lot right now because the retailers are up against a lot. Um, you know, between labor shortages, we've got warehouses that are at capacity. We've got drivers that are catching COVID and out, like there's just a lot of dynamics at play. And I think it's making it harder and harder for retailers to do everything that they want to do, like review the category and reset the category. Cause those are, you know, that takes a lot of labor and a lot of resources. So we've, um, been hearing a little bit more and more about resets getting pushed out and and therefore reviews or to- reviews getting totally canceled or it's just a little bit of plug and play here and there, and so the way that we're trying to combat that um, is just finding other unique ways to stay top of mind and continue to nurture the relationship, even if that's hey you know let's let's meet up by your headquarters and walk a store together and just you know chat about the business or try to see what obstacles they're up against that we might be able to solve for even if there's not a reset like things like that have come up where some vendors have not been able to um, fulfill orders or they you know they're doing some type of skew rationalizations just to stay in stock and some holes open up so I think just trying to just trying to be creative um, because just because there's not a review or reset doesn't mean that there's not opportunity out there because there always is and that's where really um, Finding out what's important to the retailers, finding out what they're up against, keeping that relationship—it's it, an ongoing thing. There's no set it and forget it um, when you're gaining distribution. So that—that's like one thing that I think a lot of people are up against, and you know, and it—and it kills you to see the holes on shelf. It kills you to see, you know, the out of stocks. Um, and I think that's where also just getting out into market. Get out into stores, spend time with your merchandisers, walk stores with your brokers and your buyers, and really try to get an understanding because all of those data points are, are going to contribute to you finding creative ways to, to improve upon the situation or you know, find a new way. I
0: love all this. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say it because then it's like all the other shows, and da, da, but this is top Again, I, because this is like the stuff I love and you're, you communicated so well and I, you get it. So I really appreciate um, these shows. It's up there, it's like one of my favorites again. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Laura, mush, info there, try it, it's delicious. No, they don't pay me to say that. I am a customer, okay, Um, to health. And happiness this year.
1: Definitely to health and happiness. And, and thank you so much, Mark, for, for having me on. It's so much fun to have these conversations with you. It's one of my favorite things. I could geek out about retail, CPG, all of that all day and any day. So call me whenever. We're doing it again. Let's do it. Thank you.